0: Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Welcome and thanks for joining me today on Behavior Babes Podcast. Joining us, we have Rachel Kramer, who is the Executive Director for the Texas Association for Behavior Analysis. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks for joining me today. Why don't you go ahead and get us started by giving a brief introduction uh, for our listeners. Um, tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll delve more into what TechSava has going on and hopefully learn a little bit about your upcoming conference and conventions. I started back in behavior analysis
1: when I was 19 years old, before there was the RBT, um, at UNR doing early childhood autism program and got involved, fell in love with the science, and went on to UNT, um, got my master's in behavior analysis um, with Dr. Janet Ellis. And I started, um, after that, I was just working in a clinic. And I think I was one of the few people I know who I started in a clinic my third year as a grad student. And I stayed with the same clinic for 11 years until after my second child, I um, took a break. And during that whole time, I started with TechSaba back in 2013 as a volunteer, and it kind of, when you get involved with TechSaba, as many people find with a lot of our um, behavioral associations, you just get asked something simple like, hey, can you be the volunteer coordinator? You start doing that, and the next thing you know, you're serving on council, then you're the staffing director for the conference. And before you know it, you end up being the executive director and you're not sure how that happens. So um, I've been with Texaba for a long time. When I started in 2007 as a student, it was 400 people. And now we've grown to over a thousand people. So it's it's been great. And Texaba has just kind of always been a part of my career on the side. And now it's kind of the focus of my career as the executive
0: director. Oh my gosh, so many things to kind of comment and elaborate on. But first, to say it was something on the side, and then it kind of became the main course so is it's pretty cool. I think probably for people to hear about. We think about getting into um, the field. Many of us do so by working in educational clinic, maybe medical or home or school situations. And I think it's a, for some of us, it's a, it's a long time before we start thinking about um, those sort of side passions that we might pick up and volunteer and participate with can become something of more of the focal point. Um, I know for me, I never thought about public policy or legislation. I was like, no, I didn't study that in school. That had nothing to do with what I was interested in. Um, But what a powerful way and place to change group behavior or uh, laws that will impact and influence a lot of individuals' behavior. So I became really interested uh, on the side. And so yeah, congratulations. That's wonderful to hear how it became that that main dish for you. You mentioned that you, um, you have children. I just wanted to ask and just give an opportunity to talk about like, how is your family? How are things doing? How are you guys getting through the first half of 2022?
1: It's been a lot of changes. I've got a, a four-year-old, a almost three-year-old and a 16-month-old. So I've got very, three, very young kids. Um And it's been interesting going through the pandemic. I feel like we've been in survival mode and now we're trying to get into getting back out there um and enjoying kind of social interactions more and getting the kids, you know, my baby's actually never been in a store because <laughs> he can't wear a mask. So, wow. so when I'm not doing Texaba, I'm I'm with my kids. And that's one of the things that's, you know, nice about working for the association is that everybody's really flexible. A lot of people work with kids. So, you know, they've had my kids and babies on meetings before and, um, getting updates from them. So that's, yeah, we're, we're getting back out there. It's daycare has been interesting. Everyone gets sick. So,
0: yeah, kind of all the time and then, in the height of the pandemic and, throughout. I worked many years in preschool settings and I was always, always catching whatever the the local bug that was going around. Well, again, you know, I, I find it's very encouraging today's actually, I think being recognized, um, we'll be, uh, having this air a little bit afterwards, but international women's day. And so here we are talking about being in a leadership position and something you're passionate about with your field and also celebrating and and honoring your role as mother. So um, we celebrate you on this International Women's Day and to everybody out there who's listening, who's celebrating as, as well. Um, Rachel, you mentioned getting involved with TEXAVA as a volunteer and you mentioned, I think uh, as a student, what was that experience like and how how do you how do you, what kind of advice maybe would you give for other students out there who aren't sure how to get involved or what involvement might look like or maybe they're feeling overwhelmed or, I don't want to speak for them, but what would you say? What would you say to them?
1: Most people are a lot nicer than you fear they are. (laughs) It's You know, getting involved as a student, um, it was just volunteering at the conference, actually helping to sign people in and out for CEUs, um, checking IDs. And the nice thing is you meet a lot of people that way and you start little conversations. Um, In Texas, we always have... um, We offer for students to pick up our speakers. So you could pick up a speaker from the airport and have, you know, 30, 45 minutes one on one with a presenter that, you know, and you don't even have to talk about behavior analysis with them. I, you know, I remember being a student talking about hiking and travel with one of the presenters, um, you know, getting to pick up Murray Sidman from the airport. Um, Just an incredible experience. So I would say for students, go ahead and contact your state association and just say, hey, for this upcoming conference, are there volunteer opportunities? Or asking, is there a committee that I can serve on? What can I do to help the organization and get involved? Most organizations are still volunteer-based and need a lot of help. And we really want to get people involved when they're students, get them involved in grad school. we want their feedback, we want their input. A lot of them are doing current research. And those are kind of the people we wanna bring into the organization to help us grow and support all the needs across our state.
0: What a great opportunity to um, give some of the veteran analysts too, a sampling of what is current in the field. Of course, we are all expected to stay you know, engaged and immersed and we can do that by attending our state chapter conferences and other events. Um, but what's happening in the field? What's practice look Mm -hmm. like? What are some of the struggles that early career or entry-level career um, analysts are finding? That's a perspective that's very unique to people who are experiencing it and going through it. So I I would add to, and just echo everything you said, and just add that it's a bi-directional relationship. It's an opportunity to share the knowledge that you're bringing into the field with your experiences, as well as that opportunity, like you said, to absorb that knowledge and to also make those connections. Um, you know, picking up Maurice and uh, talking with speakers about hiking, I, I got the wonderful opportunity to to have uh, dinner with and, and take to the airport, uh, Phil Heinlein. And it's just mm. hearing, you know, like the history and um, just sort of some of the personal stories and connections that gives you this insight into um, the sort of, I think, the personal piece of our field. It's mm-hmm. really... Uh, it's not. It's not always. You know who you know. No, I don't mean it quite like that. And I know that you don't either. But it's an opportunity to get the insight and to hear mm-hmm. firsthand those experiences. Um, talking about students picking p- picking people up as well. Uh, at the time, that's how I got to meet Mackenzie and Morgan in mm-hmm. Kentucky. I think when I was visiting for Kentucky, Ava in particular, I really appreciated that. Um, same thing with a handful. There was. Uh, Mary Jo and Soy um, and Grace, when I was in the Philippines, I actually got really delayed and they stayed up and they were there and they were ready to celebrate. And I was like, you know what? Uh, In my mind, I thought only somebody in their early twenties could actually really capture uh, that, that passionate role at midnight, right? Like that wouldn't have been me uh, picking somebody up probably at that time. So great point to make and to connect and it can be really fun. And there's all these ways, like you said, where people are needed. I don't think it's recognized often how much is based on being a volunteer. Um, and sometimes it looks like, oh, there's this great big event happening. And it is, it is a great big event, um, but it's made possible by many people who are coming together to do that. So let's talk a bit about TechSaba and about the upcoming conference. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's a hybrid event, is that correct? It's going to be hybrid this year?
1: Very excited about it, first time we've done it, Um, but we're gonna be in person in Dallas at the Hyatt Regency. And then we're also gonna pair with Behavior Live, and they're gonna provide live streaming and then they're gonna provide asynchronous presentations after the conference. And what I'm really excited about is registration is gonna include all those options for you. You don't have to pick when you're registering, if you're gonna come in person or if you're gonna live stream. Um, you can, you know, decide the week before if you want to look at kind of where COVID numbers are, um, what what's your comfort level, or if you register and you plan to come in person, but maybe you end up needing to quarantine or stay with family, you can easily switch to live streaming. Um, so I'm really excited about having that option and just kind of making making the conference more easily accessible, especially in Texas, because we're a giant state and we have a lot of rural areas and El Paso is a really long drive. So hopefully, you know, some of the behavior analysts who are out in some of those rural areas that it might be a bit of a barrier to travel to the conference, they can still enjoy it. Um, They can enjoy it live streaming, and then they can view the majority of the presentations afterwards.
0: You know, you make some really great points. I think states that are so different in shape and size can relate to the fact that we all have places that are hard to get to from other places. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was on the islands, you you need an airplane to get over even for certain, you know, for testifying and things like that at the state capitol. Uh, Now I'm living in Florida and I was like, yeah, I could get to the state capitol and it's like a seven hour drive. And I'm like, oh yeah, gosh, this is a long state. Um, And of course, Texas, California are massive. But even getting out to Western Massachusetts feels like another country when you're up there uh, closer to Boston in the city. So having these virtual options, having the hybrid option, um, FABA, Florida Association Mm -hmm. did that last fall. And I tell you, even though I was physically there, there were some events that I felt more comfortable maintaining that distance. Um, They Mm -hmm. were really popular or the room setup wasn't something that really was conducive to what I was looking for. And I really appreciated the opportunity to stay in my hotel room and catch that talk or go down into the ballrooms or to the rooms and and catch some of the more uh, smaller sessions that I felt comfortable with. So I I experienced it, even though I wasn't far at all, it still met some of my needs. And I think that that's a great option that we're seeing as, as an alternative now to the way we were traditionally hosting conferences. With that said, um, as a, as a, Presenter and as somebody who's hosted these conferences, let me just say to everybody attending please um, grant as much grace as possible. Things go wrong, we will get you the presentations, we will get you the talks. We're always finding ways to pre record or re record if something goes astray. And um, just Rachel, to you and your team, uh, something will probably go wrong. And as long as we anticipate it, I think we're going to be okay and, and we'll navigate it together. Um, uh, not to give you stress. I just say like, it feels inevitable, right? It feels inevitable. Um, and, um, I just think with technology in general,
1: <laughs> technology is a wonderful thing when it works, but when there's an issue, you need someone specialized, who can, you can handle it. And it just, like you said, it just takes time and I hope everyone will be patient um with that you know we've been trying to plan for i mean i've been planning trying to plan like worst case scenario what if i'm not able to attend the conference what if i got sick before and had to you know be managing it from afar and kind of you know building up those backup plans so that hopefully our attendees don't notice that's the
0: goal yes it's it's the goal is to make it a wonderful experience for all but Again, just a lot of recognition for a lot of the behind the scenes works that not everybody sees. I was so overly just surprised when I went to the website and I started looking at the information about the upcoming conference. First off, I'm honored um, to, to be invited to present and, and I'm excited to get a chance to learn about what's happening in your state and to meet people who are practicing in the state. That's one of the things I truly enjoy about going to different state chapters in particular. Um, But the vast number of other presenters and topics just blew me away. I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, how am I going to choose? And I see that you have some really, I, I love the categories. So this is like, if you're really into this, or if you're looking more to explore this area, you have those options. Can you talk a bit about those separate tracks, if you will, and then who some of your presenters are this year?
1: So before I talk specifically about some of the tracks, um, I do want to mention we are bringing in workshops for the first time this year. Um, Texada hasn't had workshops in years, and we started it this year. Um, The workshops will be in person, and those ones aren't assigned to any track, but we have um, Guy Bruce coming doing engineering schools for success. That's a six hour workshop with supervision credits for anyone who needs that. and then we have um, AWOB and T. V. Jolene coming in to do nonlinear contingency analysis. They just published a book, um, and they're going to be doing a three-hour presentation introduction. Um, and then we have Derek Reed doing a three-hour presentation or workshop on public speaking for behavior analysts. Um, I think that one should be a really good one. I wish that I was able to attend it. <laughs> Probably helped me be smoother in the podcast. <laughs> Um, but those are our workshops on Thursday. Now, the tracks you're talking about. So I do have to say, too, so our text has just evolved over the years. And a lot of it has just been, again, member input where everyone's interested in. And we have, you know, our neurodevelopmental disorder tracks. We have two of them. Um, we have Linda LeBlanc and Justin Leaf coming. We have Bridget Taylor, some of the big names, Dorothy Lerman. Tiffany Kodak, um, and those are kind of some people who are gonna be on our MDD um, tracks. Um, those are usually the big rooms. We get a lot of people coming because that's where a lot of times we'll have you know, autism, ADHD um, presentations. We have our professional track, and this one's a little different. Like this one, we have Holly coming from the BACB to give an update. We have Rainey Tommen, who's doing um, a TechSaba public policy group update. So, looking at those legislation and lobbying issues. Our general track kind of covers more areas that don't kind of fit really into that. So, you might sometimes see theory and philosophy, um, you might see gerontology. Um, this year, we have um, Bethany Contreras coming in, and shes I'm really excited for her three-hour presentation on evidence-based practice of applied behavior analysis and looking at strategies for identifying the best available evidence to support clinical decision-making. I think that will be a really fantastic presentation to attend. Um, and those are kind of our four tracks that go Friday and Saturday. They're in our bigger rooms. Um, Now, our other tracks that we have, these kind of came out of our special, some of our special interest groups with Texaba. We always had a one-day research track, and then we had some of our SIGs approach us and ask, hey, we'd like to do a presentation in our area of interest. So we created a SIG track, gosh, four, six years ago, and we had one presentation from like our... OBM SIG, our uh, Behaviors for Social Responsibility SIG, or Education SIG, and we had so much interest in those that then the next year we expanded them out to be their own tracks. And that's how we got kind of those more unique um, track focus. So we still have, you know, on Friday, we have the research track, um, and we're going to have Per Holt from Norway. He's going to be coming in remote, Um, and I'm very excited about Per Holt because I did my master's thesis on um, replicating
0: one of his studies. So I'm. I, I just, have to chime in. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. Um, no,
1: that's fine. I saw your motion.
0: Yeah, my first interaction with Pear was uh, his videos online of teaching rats to play Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. And I just thought I have never seen just, I had never even considered this kind of application or way to teach with the principles of behavior analysis. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so excited when I saw his name on the website, so he'll be there remote. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's a great way, especially for us to be including our counterparts internationally, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a lot more restrictive going between the countries than right now currently between the states. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, and then his, he's done wonderful work with the BF Skinner Foundation as well for anyone um, who's not familiar with that, I just wanted to chime in and say that. So keep keep going, keep telling us more. He's he's wonderful. And if if you if
1: anyone hasn't heard Per Holt present, I I would register and go to Texaba just to hear him speak. I was very unfortunate in grad school that he came and co-taught um my verbal behavior course with Sigurd Glenn and just mesmerized um, listening to him talk. And he's very, he's also very just like polite, you know, speaker, um, very eloquent. So I really enjoy him. Um, and we also have um, Alan Nurender is coming on the research track too. Um, so that's another, another big one I wouldn't miss. Um, with that, we also have our social issues track. Um, and this one, um, it's our behaviors for social responsibility, um, say one of their, um, one of their planners, their leaders, and their SAG is organizing this track. You know, we have, um, oh, Dr. I hope I'm pronouncing this correct, so my apologies if I'm not, but Dr. Varsovia Hernandez um, coming from Mexico, um, and she's with Janet Enriquez, and they're looking at building bridges between Mexico-US collaboration on the development of technology-assisted ABA education for Hispanic communities. Um, I'm really excited about that talk. Um, and just kind of hearing about some of the international collaboration that's going on. Um, We also on the social um, issues track, we have um, Paul Romanovich talking about the role of discounting and maladaptive cybersecurity behaviors, which I mean, I'm gonna say, I think that's the first time that TechSaba has ever had anything on cybersecurity. Um, And it does kind of make you wonder as we talk about with all the technology that's a very important issue. So, you know, the the nice thing about the social issues track is people who have some more of those niche areas of interest in behavior analysis, that a lot of times it's hard for them to find presentations that maybe meet their interests. You know, those are met on some of these smaller tracks
0: that we have. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with many organizations, uh, state chapters that have this similar structure or that have their structure as flushed out. Um, I know that there's um, some organizations like CalABA that have such a history that are a little bit more robust. I was (laughs) looking back at TexABA and it was 1985 that it was founded. I think it said the first conference being in 1986. So if anybody wants to do the math, I'll just make it easy for you. I was five for your first conference and I'm 40. So that was 35, 36, 34, somewhere in there, plus or minus a year ago. So we think, that has been longer, much longer than the certification board. So when you mm-hmm. talk about what it provides, I think it does provide opportunities for people who are researching and practicing and wanting to share about those aspects of our field. But it's also providing, hopefully, a very rich and enriched environment for people who want to know, what else can I do when I get into this field? Or uh, what, what applications, what possibilities are there? Who's doing this work? Who would I even reach out to? So it's a. I think that is another wonderful advantage of having these tracks, and so that's so exciting to hear that Texaba has has evolved to that place.
1: I agree with you. It's it's hard. I know sometimes when I'd be um, mentoring some RBTs who they were interested in behavior analysis, but they were kind of wondering, well, what else? What else can I do? Where they had another area of interest and. In, It's hard sometimes to think of someone who works in the area, but it usually is, you know, when you go to these presentations and then you can see someone, you can be like, oh, this is who I can direct you to. And that's what I love about the in-person conferences. You have a chance that you can go up and introduce yourself. And I mean, most behavior analysts, especially those working in some of these, you know, more niche areas, areas that don't get a lot of exposure, a lot of them are gonna be excited to talk to someone who's interested in that area. So I think that's just another huge strength of coming to the um, in-person conference to get that opportunity
0: to talk to some of these people. You know, I share, I definitely share your sentiment and I tell people all the time, just walk, imagine walking up to somebody and telling them that you connect with some, what feels like otherwise obscure piece of research that they did at Mm -hmm. some point in their career that they keep trying to get like maybe their family to care about. And they're like, wait, what do you do again for work? mom, you know, or dad or to Mm -hmm. their brother or whoever it is. Um, Of course, I think you're going to be received by somebody unless unless they're in a hurry to get somewhere. I think you're going to be, you know, really well received to somebody saying, Oh, my goodness, you want to talk about what my life's passion is? Mm -hmm. Sure, of course. Um, That's always been my experience. And, you know, part of what I think made behavior, babe, behavior, babe was, um maybe being a little brave or bold enough to walk up and have those conversations, and realizing just how everybody was so welcoming and warm and then saying like, "Hey, can I have a photo and um, can I tell you about this thing I'm doing?" And it really showed me that there's a big community here. There's a really wonderful community. Um, sometimes I like to say that the world's really small and connected if we allow it to be. At the same time, it's so important to see how diverse the field is and should continue to grow towards towards being, Um, Well, Rachel, before we end today, I want to give you the opportunity to tell us the dates of the conference and where people will go and get information and make sure that they're registering and anything else that you want to plug or give a shout out to. So all yours. All
1: right. So the conference is going to be April 21st through 24th um, in Dallas, Texas, or online. You can get more information at www.texaba.org, And if you go up to the top, Click on conferences, 2022 will take you to the landing page to get more information. And the last thing I would want to plug in is for our social, we're actually going to have the operet lab band play, which most people probably haven't heard of them. It's a very unique thing to Texas, but um, it's a band from UNT um, alumni and professors that they've been playing together gosh, at least 15 years. Cause I know when I was in grad school, we would go hear the band playing there. You see your professor up there as the drummer. So it's going to be great. Um, you know, Dr. Rick Smith, um, Dr. Danielle um, they're going to be up there playing, singing, and that's going to be at the social on Saturday night from eight to 9 PM. So if you're able to come in person, definitely come out to hear the band play.
0: How fun, how fun is that? I love, like you were saying again, we can talk and it doesn't always have to be about behavior analysis. It can be about hiking. It can be about the bands that we're in. It can be about these other hobbies that we have. And it is important to create those opportunities where we are connecting with each other's as people as well. Um, which Rachel, it's been wonderful to connect with you and to see you virtually. And I look forward to seeing you and the rest of the tech Saba board, volunteers, members, presenters. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm probably gonna have a tough time sleeping the night or two before I get really excited. This is like my, um, you know, the big thing I look forward to are, are these events and it's so very special to have the opportunity to attend in person and to have some of the, the presentations in person um, as well as having that opportunity to stay snuggled in your hotel room or in your bed if you'd like to, so kudos to Texas for that.
1: Thanks for having us. We're
0: looking forward to seeing whoever can join us in person and those who can't, we hope to see you online. Absolutely. I'll post uh, more information as well. So you know that you can find the information on the website that Rachel mentioned, and you can also find additional information at www.behaviorbabe.com.